<laughs> so here, this is Caleb. He's part of our youth ministry. Oh, I love this energy you guys got going on. So Caleb is actually going to share what he did during his fall break. What was your most favorite thing you did during fall break? Uh, my most favorite thing I did, I went roller skating with the youth team. Hooli walk and flip a couple times, but you know what? That was fun. Uh, come out Thursday night, 6 p.m., Kamehameha versus Nanakuli, Hawks Nest. All right, now he's giving extra plugs. I didn't, I didn't tell you to say that one, Caleb, but um, he's talking about a football game that he is going to be in on Thursday night, Nanakuli versus Kamehameha. You can go and talk to him about that later. But we are a family of unity. There's multiple football teams in here, but we love every single one of them. Good morning and welcome to Proside Church Kapole. My name is Ray. I'm one of the leaders here. And this is... Hi, I'm Healy and I am one of the junior leaders in Kids Church and I go to Pearlside Elementary. Can we give it up for Healy Nai and Pearlside Church? I just went to Kids Church two weeks ago and um, Vanessa, she's our kids director, she had a bunch of them um, lead worship. And so Healy Nai was one of the worship leaders and brought the presence in into Kids Church. So it was so amazing and so awesome. So good job, Healy. If you haven't noticed already, we are having our first Ohana service. So we know that there's going to be kids and teens, and we know that you guys can be loud and running around, and that's, well, you guys shouldn't be running around, but the little ones, that's okay. Pastor Wade is going to work through it, but we really wanted all of you guys to be in the house this morning. We are in a series called Made for greatness, the life of David, the man after God's own heart. And the one who's going to share the word is Pastor Wade in. <laughs> Good job. Can we give it up for Healy Nutty one more time? On six hours of notice, she heard the call to stand up in front of, how many of you guys know that public speaking is not easy? And she just gleamed with joy for the opportunity. I think Papa and Mama raised her right to get ready and one day she will preach the word and encourage the nations by the fire. It's already in her and we want God to mold and shape that within her. So welcome to craziness. Friday, night, Friday morning, early in the morning, some of you are nestled in bed and God shook me, and I started to prepare for what I wanted to share on Sunday, and he said, bring the people together, bring the families together, bring the ohanas together, for the message that I'm going to share today applies to all generations. This is something that I wish maybe perhaps we should have kicked off together last week, but I believe God's going to do something very, very powerful in and through the generations today. I want you guys to look around the room. Look around the room. I know there is greatness in the parents that are here, but more significantly, there is greatness in the next generation as young as kindergarten, first grade, preschool, and all of our youth that are on the side. It is for the older generation to call it out, to show them the way. So if 
there were some of you that were looking like I did because I have a kid in kids church and I have a youth in youth ministry and I want them to be like raising up their hands and singing and dancing like the joy of the Lord is our strength that we have. We got to show them. We got to teach them. We got to help them like TikTok does a great job getting them doing all the dances, whoop, bop, 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 going viral. We got to show them how to worship God in spirit and in truth. They're not just going to magically learn how. No algorithm is going to rise up and say, I'm just going to teach you how to live in spirit and truth. We as the older ones have to be the Mr. and Mrs. Miyagi and show and share how. Okay, they only know Cobra Kai. They don't know the OG, the true. We got to show them the way. If that burden is not on you, that's why I brought you guys here together today. I want to fire you up this morning. I want to bring a, a call out to all generations to be about the next generation. And it's going to be a grind. It's going to be tough. Because I work with the next generation every single day. And it's tough getting them to crack a smile. And it's hard getting them to do what you want them to do, but we cannot quit on them. There is gold and gems and diamonds, not even in the rough. It just needs a little bit of coaching, a little bit of helping along the way. Father, right now as we bow our hearts and we seek you and your face and you would help put upon our hearts, young nephews, nieces, sons, and daughters that we have that are young youth, that you would start to help us mold and shape and spend the quality time that we need to do to make sure that the next generation is taken care of. Lord, we know what the enemy seeks out to do. He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy purpose. And he's shameless. He goes right after the young ones. And so, Lord, as a keeper of the gate, as one who is the shepherd of this house, we say and declare, not on our watch. Not while we are here. As long as we have breath, we will praise you and we'll take care of the next generation. It is our rally cry in Jesus' precious name and all of God's people say, amen. I did get an email from Caleb's coach. He's my classmate. He went to Kamehameha schools. And he asked me boldly, he said, we have a three-week bye. We've been running through all of these teams and... I want to set up a game with your team at Nanakuli on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I want you to be there. The first thing I did was not run onto Huddle or YouTube to conjure up film to do my study. Because me and his head coach, we have history. We're very competitive. I went to high school and college with him. And so this one means a little bit more on the flesh level to me. But that's not what I did. 
The first thing I did was conjure up a plan to bring both teams together on the middle of the field with Uncle Joe the chaplain and me, I served as the chaplain as well, for our team. I, I applied and I didn't let anyone else apply. I just took it. And we're going to bring the generations together, God's chosen kids, and we're talking about purpose and destiny and calling on their lives. I don't care who makes a fuss, who says something about it, or who can't. We didn't come here to watch these two teams pray. We want to see a battle. Yeah, the battle is for their lives. The battle is for their souls. And so I'm really stoked and fired up. Not about the competition, about what God is going to do on that field for that 10 minutes prior to kickoff. Uncle Joe, you ready? I'm ready. It's going to be awesome bringing together. Now, Caleb's like, like how am I going to light up zeal on the field? <laughs> and I want him to bring all that smoke. We've been in this series called Made for Greatness. To the oldest one, to the youngest one here in the house, you are made for greatness. And God called out a young boy out of all the different options. Daddy Jesse brought out all of his sons. This is a quick recap. And he went down Thor. He went down Aquaman. He went down every single one and said, not you, not you, not you. Because God wasn't looking at if you fit the part. God looks at the heart. He looks at the core of a person. And after all of the options, David was chosen. A young, handsome boy, didn't look like he was fit for battle, was chosen and called by God for greatness. And the first thing he did when he was called king, he did not flex it on IG. Didn't put it with a nice little hashtag, Future king, about to blow up, how about a follow? He didn't flex on any platform. All he did was go back to what God had called him to do. The worst chore in the house, taking care of the stinky poo-poo lamb sheep doo-doo that comes out of the sheep. Every day just smiled at the smell that was coming out of the sheep. This is great. This is wonderful. Taking care of the sheep, being happy with being called to serve in his household. All the parents said amen. amen. Chores. Chores. I know some of us demonize chores, but God develops something when you take care of the little things. While he was doing his chores, he was singing little doodahs. He was singing little riffs. You're like, what kind of songs did he sing? He had songs that we sing today. We sang them today. Songs that he was writing in the backyard with the little lambs are songs and anthems that we sing today. It was so good, the king, the president of the day, sent an Uber to his house, picked him up, sent him straight to the palace because the king was dealing with issues Tormented with spirits, tormented with demons, couldn't find rest. And all he needed was a little bit of Spotify, holy Spotify in his life to hear 
the word of God through song. David didn't have to like go on YouTube, how to play ukulele in five minutes. He was preparing when nobody was looking. He was taking care of what God called him to do when it was in secret. And he didn't get follows, and he didn't get likes, and he didn't get views, but he did it for God anyways. And in due time, God went after him, got him, and put him right smack dab in the spot to take care of the king. As he's sitting there, the king's like, what songs you got for me today? Little David, I heard that you could play. I heard that you could sing. I heard that you can play the uku." Lele slash harp. He said, well, I got this good one. Someone's going to take this song one day and make one of the greatest hip-hop anthems of all time. DJ Hina, do you mind giving me the blessed book of Coolio? He starts the song off. Plays it for the king. He's like, you want a song? I got a song I wrote in the backyard, and I want to give you said song. It's in Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life. Okay, pause. Stop. That went out. You don't want that. You don't want You're like, this is so cringy. Why are you being so cringy, Dad? When I was 15, that's the first Bible verse I ever learned, Psalm 23, spoken by the prophet Coolio, gangster's paradise, rest in peace. David, at 15 years old, started doodling and drawing and sketching and humming and singing and crafting and building songs that encouraged and edified the Lord. God was smiling down. This kid gets it. He worships me in spirit and in truth, and he sings for me a new song. And some of you guys got songs. I know you do. And you're like, oh, but what if I put it out there? And they make fun of me. They might. But what if David didn't capture the moment? What if he didn't write all these songs, psalms that we have that has encouraged humanity for all of these years? God called him at a young age because he was a man after his own heart because he took care of the little things, especially when nobody was looking. He was touted as a king. But even though he was entitled to be the king, he embraced the little things, point number one. Point number one, if you're taking notes, this is like school. Okay, you're ready. Take mental notes too. Even though he was entitled to the throne, he embraced the little things. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephraim. I think it's a bowl of roasted grain. We'll call it honey bunches of oats. Take this honey bunches of oats box, Costco size, and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. 
take along these 10 cheeses. Now he's got bowls of honey bunches of oats and grilled cheese sandwiches. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are doing and bring back some assurance from them. For those of you that don't know, we're about to enter into the greatest underdog story of all time. And it's not Rocky. This is David versus Goliath. The little boy versus a real nine-foot giant. How I stand right here and I had a little one right there. That's kind of like the odds. David versus Goliath. Now, we are in a place where David has been touted as the king, but his daddy has dismissed him for his calling. I always wondered why, I always wondered why David took a liking and an honored role to the wicked king of the day. King Saul was wicked, murderous in heart. The anointing was lifted from King Saul. And I always wondered when David had opportunities to like backstab King Saul and do something, he always honored him. I think it's because David was dealing with something that's clear in Scripture. David had a daddy wound. David had a wound from his father. Where a father is supposed to nurture and care for and take and build up and inspire and show how to live close to the edge but not cross the edge. His father had a wound in his life that was being dismissed. Remember, David wasn't even invited to the party. The king choosing party. He was in the backyard hearing the party going on. Wow, that music sounds so good. I wish I could go to the luau. The cool pigs smell so good from here. I guess I'll just eat my honey bunches of oats while you guys eat this amazing luau. Now, he had a wound from his father. A little wound. But if you don't take care of little wounds, if you don't take care of the little things, it will spiral you out of control in the future. I'm talking about embracing the little things. You thought I was going to be talking about, oh, you just like do like the chores and you just do all these. No, I'm talking about the little things that are inside of you that you don't deal with will kick you in the butt in the future. The little things. Embracing the little things how you talk to people, how you treat people, the little things, embracing the little things. Because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. How you take care of things in secret, how you take care of things as your natural, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so God wants to encourage you to not be entitled to what he has called you to greatness, but to embrace the little things. I know there's that Netflix special that really has spoiled the true meaning of Miyagi-Do Karate. And it's called Cobra Kai. And it's totally tainted the, the true fact story of how things went down in 1984. I lived it. I was five years old at Waikiki Theater. And I ate every second of it. Seeing a kid get bullied by all of those kids in Halloween skeleton costumes. And out of the woodworks, comes an old man that literally blew out his back. 
trying to save said Daniel's son from Skeletor and skeletons or whoever was trying to hijack poor little Daniel. All he wanted was to learn how to fight. Give me karate classes. That'll be the, that'll be the trick. That'll save me. But his mind was so fixated on a surface level, he couldn't see what Mr. Miyagi was trying to teach him, the thing that he wanted. Mr. Miyagi just had different methods. So we're going to go to the movies for three minutes and 25 seconds. Bear with us. Turn your eyes to the screen. That's so good. That's what we got to show. Like, we bring them to church. We bring them to group. We bring them to roller skating. Like, we're, we're trying to show that if you show up and you gather, God, show up. God shows up. When you assemble like this, when you bring everyone together and we start to worship after God, God will show up. David knew that when he was in the backyard and his only audience were stupid sheep, he was going to not complain about the audience. He's like, I'm going to flex my songs. I'm going to sing my songs. I'm going to craft my thing. And God brought him out of that place and sat him right before the king. Now the king's like, I need you to help me. You start to sing, I start to be healed. You start to worship, I feel good. You start to be anointed. You start to share and you're anointed. It's like ointment to my body. I need you to sing your songs. David found purpose and a wound that he had because his dad dismissed him as a son was fulfilled in a moment because God worked through this wicked king and gave him an opportunity to have this dynamic with King Saul. Have this amazing dynamic. He didn't complain to his father. Father said, take the honey bunches of oats. Take it to your brother. So he did. He takes it all the way through the battlefield. And while he's at the battlefield, a defining moment is about to happen. David asked the men at the battlefield, standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine, this giant named Goliath, and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What was David doing? He was defining what he was seeing in front of him. He was defying someone that was weak, that was uncircumcised, that didn't have the power of God. What was the giant doing? Defining himself as this big, beefy dude that brought fear to everyone in the camp of Israel except for David. Young, teenage boy, David. And then he had to have a conversation with King Saul. King Saul, all your warriors will not accept the challenge to have a one-on-one -on -one UFC match with said giant. But I will do it because God is on our side. God is for us. Who can be against us? And he starts to plead his case before the king, and I never saw it before until I read it again. And I start to understand, Saul didn't give him permission to fight the giant because he had a nice speech. Saul watched David sing and worship God and watched giant demons disappear. Giant demons disappear. He saw it every time David strummed the harp. Every time he played the ukulele, giants disappeared. He saw them just vanish. 
and he became a whole person. So as David is pleading his case, he's not hearing the words that are coming out of his mouth. He's feeling the anointing that is on his body. The power of the Holy Spirit is on him. And he said, if that same spirit is on you that helped me when giant demons were torturing me, and now you have this human in the flesh, well, go ahead and take the challenge. Go ahead and take the battle. And he grabbed five smooth stones, little things, little things, not AKs, not Glock 9s, not anything that you would take into a battle against someone of that size. He took what he knew. But he didn't just like figure out how to throw a, a stone or swing a slingshot in the moment. He prepared in private. Preparing in private. That's why school is important. It's your preparation for life. Preparing in private when no one was looking. He told King Saul, a Chicago bear. came into the backyard one moment and I had all my precious little lambs after I cleaned up their mess try to take one of my sheep away. I ran after that Chicago bear, tackled homie to the ground and with my bare hands used my dagger and put it right through his neck. Welcome to church. I killed the bear in the moment. So can I tell you one more story? A Detroit lion. I know they're bad. So it's really hard to put that into this analogy. A lion came in with his paws and his crazy mane and his jaw that was a mile wide, grabbed one of my lambs and started to run. They can run like 50 miles per hour. So now you know he had to use a slingshot. Whoop! Pulls that thing back, lets the stone fly, and takes out the line. And the same dagger he used to take out the line, he takes out, or the bear, he takes out the line. He kills two giants in private. So when it's the public platform, he was prepared because he took care of things in secret. What you do in secret will be exposed, good or bad. It will come to light. What you do in secret, how you prepare in secret, will either break you or define you in these moments. In this moment where he's standing before a giant, it's not for lack of preparation. He was prepared. It's not for lack of presence because he had the anointing of God. He stepped out in faith and he did what God called him to do. Not everyone is called to do what I do. You're called to do what God called you to do, and that's amazing. And that's what's being called for greatness is. And yes, he took down the giant, and yes, he ascended, and yes, there's more to this series that we're uh, spreading out throughout October, but the point of today, Ohana service, was for you to embrace the little things, our little kids, our little children, the next generation. It is not for Vanessa only. It is not for Joash and the, and the team only. This is our responsibility, is to take care of the little ones. Take care of the God-honoring treasures that lie before us 
if we dismiss them, they will have a father's wound. If we embrace them, they will get in and walk in their calling. Do you hear me? That's why we brought everybody together. I wanted you guys to see. Doing this together, we can't have just a handful of people taking care of 50 kids. We cannot. You're like, well, I work with kids. I'm a teacher. I don't want to do it anymore. We suck it up. One time a month, I need you to help. This is my call. This is like literally why I, I want you to rise up and spend some time in kids. Spend some time in youth. If you're already doing like a thousand things, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those that are trying to take the next step. Like how do I get closer to God? Serve. Serve. There's so many opportunities for you to walk in and take care of the little things at this church that makes a huge difference. Amen. I want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much.